All right, let's get started, guys. Thanks for joining in. Um, yeah, so today we're getting started a little bit earlier than usual. Um, at the request of uh, Jay Sweats. And uh, Jay Sweats has turned up with the questions, so <laughs> as promised, this is good. Uh, as you all probably know, this was a relatively tough month for us. Um, the Marinade partnership fell through, and also our revenue has continued its downward trend along with the bear market and decreasing volumes in general. So that's unfortunate, but uh, yeah, we, we keep pressing on, we keep building. So uh, yeah, let's get to the questions. Uh, first one we have White Turtle Bill asking, revenues continue to fall month over month. Is this something the team worries about in the short, medium, or long term? What are the factors playing into this reduction? Um, yeah, so I've talked about this a few times. Um, the main thing is just volume, the amount of volume. Uh, if you look at the volumes on Jupiter, which is a pretty good barometer of like how much total volume there is on Solana in general, uh, and which is very relevant for us because a lot of our volume comes from Jupiter. Um, pretty much like anyone doing, other than the volume we get from Arbitrage, which is actually like quite a lot, I forgot, like it might have been 40%, I'm not sure. But yeah, so that's a lot um, that doesn't come from Jupiter, but like all the retail trades are coming from Jupiter. Um which is a significant portion. So the amount of volume going through Jupiter is very important. And yeah, so if you look at the volumes on Jupiter, those have been going down month over month, I think starting from May. Yeah, it's just a continual downward trend starting from May, um, which is unfortunate, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's basically I guess it started with the um uh, the UST collapse. Um after that yields started to compress so people um especially like the DeFi crowd started to have less interest and in DeFi um when there's less yields people are um trading less in general so yeah I think that's the main factor. Um, like in terms of how much liquidity do we have relative to competitors or how much vol volume are we getting relative to competitors? Uh, I think we're doing fine in that, on that front. Like there's like not much change in terms of that. Um, so yeah, I think volume is the main factor. Um, let's see. Oh, and then I guess another part of our revenue, one was the marinade tokens, which are ending today or tomorrow or something. Although we never counted those as part of the dollar figure that we announce each month. 
but the Lido token rewards, um, we did include that in our dollar uh, figures for each month. And uh, those rewards were pretty large. And then Lido, uh, they halved them one month. And then the next month, they just decided to stop them altogether. So that also contributed to a decrease. That was pretty unfortunate. Um, let's see, was there any other factors contributing to the reduction? Not that I can think of at the moment. Um, so is this something the team worries about in the short, medium, or long term? Um, in the short term, uh, well, I guess I guess the way to answer this is like, in in my view, I think this is a short term thing. Like, really, the question is more about the crypto market in general. If we return to a more bullish market, then volumes are going to increase again. And so the question is like, will that ever return? And uh, I believe it will. Um, like, in particular, like, blockchain technology is definitely not going anywhere. It's here to stay. I am very confident in that. And then you can also ask, well, is Solana going to be successful? And I think there is a very high probability that it will be. Um, it's doing well, even in this bear market. I'm not talking about token price, not talking about the sole price, but like, um, interest in building on Solana. I think that is a much more important metric for, um, determining how it's going to do during the next cycle, assuming there is a next cycle. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of developer activity on Solana. Um, there's things like Helium coming over to Solana. Um, there's a lot of like protocol level upgrades that have been really valuable for Solana, like the um, the local fee markets and uh, switching to Quick from UDP to Quick. Um, and then you have Fire Dancer, so they're gonna a, another independent entity that's not the Solana Foundation is building a uh, validator. I think that I get that right. Yeah. And then you have uh, Jito. They just came out with their um, MEV sharing validator client. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's stuff like that. And then there's like, you know, a bunch of new protocols that continue to build on Solana. Um, there's plenty of investment in the space, like everything looks good to me. Um, like the only thing that's lacking, I guess, is like excitement and increasing prices. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, you know, those things eventually follow when useful technology is getting built and that's what's happening right now. So like medium to long term, I'm quite confident that uh, volumes will return to Solana. 
and uh, when they do, we'll be there to capture it. Um, you know, time frame, like I have no no clue really, <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's kind of unfortunate in the short term, but um, yeah, I guess on the bright side, we're not doing any liquidity mining just to like survive the bear or whatever. So like in the meantime, we're still profitable. We're making money, just not as much as we'd like to. <laughs> so yeah, that's basically my perspective on it right now. Uh, and then second part of their question, is there anything that the community can do to help the team? More threads or content? Um, yeah, so spreading the word about Lifinity is always appreciated. Um, so always a yes to that. Like word of mouth is always the most valuable form of marketing um, in contrast to, you know, like pay, getting paying to like get featured on some news site or have an influencer show you or make a video or whatever. <clears throat> like those things have their place too. But yeah, word of, you can you just can't beat word of mouth. So that is always appreciated. Um let's see, is there anything we need help on? Um yeah, I mean, like, I guess that is the main thing. Um, some people, especially like White Turtle Bill in particular, has been very proactive with Flare DAO, and that's been really awesome to see. Um, just like coming up with new proposals all the time, making things happen. That's been great. Um, depending on how this um, MNDE proposal or vote rather turns out um there may be a similar dynamic for like the lifinity dao so for those who haven't been keeping up um we have our mnde tokens from the grant and we're voting on what to do with them and one option would be to keep it uh vote for our validator gauge and then use the proceeds to fund DAO activities, whatever those may be. Um, so if we do have that funding, then yeah, there's a lot that could be, that those funds could be used for. So then, um, yeah, it'd be great to see if uh, more people participate in that discussion, coming up with ideas and stuff. So that'd be great too. Um, Yeah, that's all that comes to mind at the moment, but yeah, appreciate you for asking. All right, uh, next question we have, Autocatalytic Auto asks, what are the implications of impermanent loss for a flare slash soul pool when the flare DAO owns all the pool assets? Uh, two scenarios, one, soul price and USD goes up and flare price in soul doesn't change. 
and two, ideal scenario where both sides increase or decrease in proportion. Also, suggest extending voting deadline. Oh yeah, I've addressed that in a reply. Um, yeah, okay, so what are the implications for the impermanent loss? So it's basically just like any other um, pool, like on our decks, for example. Um, but yeah, to give the two scenarios for impermanent loss, one is the price of flares decreases. In that scenario, we're going to be using the soul that we put in the pool to buy the flares, or rather people will be selling their flares into our pool so that we end up buying those flares. Uh, in that case, um, you could say that we're, we were buying flares at too high a price, um, or at a higher price on average than their current price in any case. So there's that. And then the other side is if flares increase in price, then in that case, people will be buying flares from our pool. And then you could say that we have um, sold flares at too cheap a price. Uh, yeah, so I mean, that's the basic idea of impermanent loss. In my mind, oh, and then, uh, you know, the, the goal of providing liquidity um, is that the trading fees that we gain from providing the liquidity uh, would be greater than the impermanent loss incurred. Also, the liquidity mining awards um, on Tensor, where we're currently providing liquidity. So, yeah, we'll evaluate that later once some time has passed. Uh, as as voted on in the proposal for that liquidity provision. But um, yeah, so in my mind, it's not like a huge deal, even if we have some impermanent loss. So for example, if the price of flares goes down, then we've basically like bought the dip. Um, and like at a relatively like not not at not at like a super expensive price because the starting point of our liquidity provision was uh what was it nine or ten soul and then the intrinsic value of flares is like 5.5 soul or something so there's like not not a huge amount of room for impermanent loss on the downside whereas on the upside like in theory you know there is no upper limit to the price of flares it can go to a thousand not that i think it will <laughs> but just saying like in theory um it could go as high as it wants um so in that sense the impermanent loss is unbounded but yeah i don't really expect it to you know like rocket up and Supposing that even if it does, I still don't think that's a huge deal because like, suppose the price of flares went to like 50 soul, hypothetically, then like, are people going to be complaining about the impermanent loss that we incurred on our flares? <laughs> you know, like, uh, realistically, they're not, they're, they're going to be rejoicing <laughs> that we're at this like all time high, right? Um, 
And then, you know, if it increased to a more moderate price, like, you know, 15 soul or something, then just like the downside, you know, it's not a huge amount of impermanent loss. <clears throat> so it's, again, like not a huge deal. Um, yeah, so that's kind of how I see it. Um, let's see. So yeah, then you start talking about the sole price in USD. And uh, I don't think that's relevant because um, flares are priced in soul and the pool is composed of flares and soul. So there's like, <clears throat> uh, like U there's no USD in that equation. So it doesn't really matter if the sole price goes up. Um, if you're if you're like I understand if like you mean this is like for your own accounting, like you're keeping track of okay my entry price for flares in USD was X dollars, and then you're gonna like try to see how the the USD price of soul the change in the USD price of soul. <coughs> Excuse me, I need to take a sip. My throat is dying. All right, so um, yeah, so if you're like doing it for your own accounting and you're keeping track of like uh, the the price of soul in USD, then it makes sense, but it's not going to affect impermanent loss because of the way the pool is denominated. It's just flares and soul, no USD there. Um, yeah, I hope that's clear. All right, <clears throat> next we have uh, Jay Sweats. They ask, assuming the market stays the same in the short term, what is the expected result of V2? Yeah, so, so assuming the volumes stay relatively where they are right now, how will things change with V2? Um, they will change basically precisely as we described in the article. So... It's unlikely to increase volume much, if at all, because that's not what V2 is designed to do. And more generally, like the amount of the the amount of volume that we're able to capture is limited mainly by how much volume there is on Solana to begin with. Like we can't just magically increase volume on our decks. Um, to do that, we'd basically have to um, get the extra volume from other exchanges. And mainly the way to do that is to increase increase liquidity or increase concentration. But the reason we're not doing those things is because that would uh, increase our or decrease our market making profit. So... Um, on net, like it wouldn't be worth it. Um, the decrease in market making profit would outstrip any increase in volume. Else we would have already adjusted the concentration or liquidity or the uh, trading fee. <clears throat> so yeah, V2 will not increase volume, unfortunately. Uh, what it will do is it'll improve market making profit. That's... Uh, 
one of the main things it's trying to accomplish. And you can read more about that in the article where we announce it. <clears throat> um, <laughs> but what market making profit? <laughs> Are you uh, trolling about <laughs> how our market making profits have declined for many of our pools? Especially compared back to the good old days. Especially like January, February, doing really well. Yeah, so actually we talk about this in the article too, but compared to back in those days, there's just so much more MEV, or I, I should just call it arbitrage now. Um, and possibly, yeah, yeah, basically arbitrage. And... Um, like we've noticed that there are people who are arbitraging our price with uh, centralized exchanges, which is like precisely what we're trying to avoid, right? Um, but it turns out the pith price isn't a perfect solution um, because the people providing the data um, don't always provide great data, uh, especially when you, when, for like a use case like ours, which, where it needs to be like super precise. Whereas like, if you need it for liquidations, you don't need our level of precision. You just need to know like when it reaches that threshold where you need to liquidate. Whereas with us, like we're constantly doing trades at different prices and it always needs to be in line or else we're going to get arbitraged. Anyways, so there's more of that happening. And uh, yeah, <clears throat> so V2 looks to mitigate a lot of that. Um, the main mechanism of like holding a constant or fixed amount of the volatile asset in the pool, um, except for the relatively rare occurrence of a rebalancing, um, relative to what we're doing right now, which we're constantly rebalancing on like every trade, basically. <coughs> so, <clears throat> yeah, reducing though that kind of toxic flow is going to be very valuable. And that's uh, one of the main things that V2 looks to do. And there's also additional mechanisms that we haven't really talked about um, that um reduce it further like additional safeguards basically that make those types of arbitrage trades not possible or much much more difficult <laughs> yeah um for those of you who have been reading the announcements you know that uh we've made the decision to not talk about every single little detail of what we implement. So um, yeah, that's kind of what I'm referring to when I say we're doing extra things that we haven't talked about in the article. Um, yeah, we talked about that in an announcement a month or so ago. Uh, maybe Actually, maybe it was longer ago, but yeah. So anyways, uh, we're doing additional things as well in the background. Um, yeah, so all those things put together will 
increase market making profit, which is going to be great. <coughs> uh, waiting for it. It's going to be big when it comes back, like spending time with girlfriend. Sigh. You have a girlfriend? Um, yeah, I'm waiting for it too. Uh, <laughs> uh, for those who aren't aware, uh, we're just waiting for Jupiter to integrate us now. They're pretty busy, it turns out, as they're working on their V2 as well. And uh, you might have seen their like triple hop routes and stuff. Um, and they're like redoing their routing engine, I think. So, but yeah, after they figure that stuff out, I think they will integrate us. So that will be a glorious day. <laughs> um, in the meantime, we are already testing V2 in the background. In particular, we have um, a sole USDC pool with, um, if I remember correctly, 200k of liquidity. And then we have a, uh, we're in touch with a team of arbitragers and uh, they are arbitraging against that pool. So uh, this test can be, yeah, actually we, uh, if you remember from our article, we mentioned like doing this ourselves, except, except that it was like really hard to capture the arbitrage trades because it's a very competitive space and like other people were capturing it before us. <laughs> um, so we basically like, uh, did a like a virtual test where we we adjust the pool as if we were able to do the arbitrage trades <laughs> um yeah but anyways now it's being done for real by these arbitragers um so it's it's a it's a better test because um it's actually being done and it's also kind of like a worst case scenario test sort of um like we're not getting any retail volume any of the like organic trades that would generate a lot of trading fees we're only getting these arbitrage trades um and those can be oh yeah uh, just to be clarified because i know i was talking about arbitrage trades earlier and how that was harmful to us uh, so it can be harmful, but it is not necessarily harmful. <laughs> so it's harmful if it's being done, if we're being arbitraged against a centralized exchange. The reason being that, uh, as you know, we use an Oracle, which sources its prices um, from, well, a lot of people, market makers and traders and such. Uh, but most of them, I think... Um, get their price primarily from a centralized exchange because that's where the most trading volume and liquidity is. And so that's the price that we um, want to be providing because that's where all the price discovery is. So if we're being arbitraged against a centralized exchange, that means we are mispriced relative to uh, the centralized exchange, the place of price discovery. So that means we're getting toxic flow, basically. And we're not offering the right price. Um, so that would be a bad type of arbitrage. We're either buying too high or selling too low. But if we're being arbitraged against 
a decentralized exchange, this is good arbitrage because we're just buying or selling at the market price. So like no harm done either way. Like uh, we're okay with either one because it's the market price. But the decentralized exchange is either buying too high or selling too low. Um, so it's basically, you know, it's a way for us to generate more volume um, without um, buying high or selling low. So that's the good arbitrage, which I, which is what I've been talking about. Just wanted to make sure because <laughs> I, I just realized I might have introduced some confusion. Anyways, so the V2 pool is being tested by these arbitragers. They're arbitraging against decentralized exchanges. And uh, that's been going well. We've been like tuning the parameters for the pool um, because it's different than V1. So um, yeah, the parameters are not going to be the same. So it's been good to do that. Um, and that's been going well. And uh, yeah, eventually we'll add more pools and then wait for the integration and bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, let's see. What was the question I was answering? Yeah, what is the expected result of V2? Uh, yeah, so the main thing is improved market making profit. And uh, then once we've been able to sufficiently test it and like we've uh, migrated all our pools to V2, then we can start working on um, adding new pools. Um, using the delta neutral functionality. <clears throat> so whether that's um, going short on perps or borrowing tokens to market with, market make with, um, yeah, we'll be able to do that. So for example, we can increase liquidity for Ray USDC, Serum USDC, GMT USDC, for example. Then also we'll be able to create new pools um, that we haven't been able to before just because we don't want to hold we don't want to have exposure to certain tokens um i mean included in those would be the radium serum etc pools but also ones we've had in the past but we've deprecated like the mango usdc or ftt usdc um and then there's probably like a few other potential new pools um i don't know like feta usdc avax usdc I don't know. Um, I haven't taken a close look at like uh, like how much other how much uh, liquidity it has in other dexes because that's important for us. Um, yeah, but anyways, that's kind of the overview of what to expect from V two. Yeah. All right, and then uh, follow up question. They ask, what has the team been doing with their tokens? So actually, I think we are distributing them amongst ourselves on a monthly basis. So actually, we haven't gotten any tokens yet. Um, even though, yeah, I mean, we said, you know, distribution begins today, like uh, a few days ago. Because that was the IDO date. So yeah, technically it's it's begun, but yeah, we haven't actually distributed any to ourselves yet. And we'll probably do so monthly. But yeah, someone else was asking about that a while ago. I said I'd be um, 
arbing or yeah trading for exile affinity because of the arb right now um but yeah can't speak for the other team members i have no idea <laughs> um but yeah and uh, any plans to possibly put together a proposal for the MNDE gauges function? Maybe get ourselves a gauge again. Um, uh, let's see. So you mean just create a proposal to open our gauge again? Um, if we were going to do that, we'd need to change something about our pool first. But even if we did, it would probably be like pretty awkward, I think. Um, uh, they say, like, help the team with a solution to the current shitty setup. Yeah, I mean, so I did make one suggestion, like one possible idea was just to distribute MNDE um proportionally to any usage of msol in any defi protocol so basically that would mean um you know whether you hold msol or are using it somewhere doesn't really matter like every msol gets um a a fixed mnde yield um and uh, I mean, I, I feel like that would solve at least one problem, which is like, no one seems to like the way the gauges works, right? And no one likes that the more MNDE you have, the more MNDE you get <laughs> in your gauges because you just vote for yourself. I mean, that's like the purpose of the gauges. Like, that's the way it's designed, right? And yet, like, no one likes it, so... In that case, like, why not just give every MSOL an equal amount of MNDE was my suggestion. But, uh, yeah, didn't, didn't get, like, any discussion on that. Like, <laughs> I don't know if I was ignored, I guess. I got some eyeball emoji reactions. That was it. <laughs> I don't know. Um... Yeah, so I mean I could suggest like uh, I could like make a proposal. But also the team has talked about like that that they have like ideas for like redoing the gauges into something new. So I don't know. Um Yeah. It I don't know. It, it might feel a bit rude. I just like went ahead and made this proposal without waiting for them. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. Right now, I'm just kind of like wait and see mode, I guess. I'm just waiting for like what their ideas are. Um, they haven't even mentioned them. I've tried to get them to talk about it, but I don't know. They seem like they don't want to or. Like, I just wanted them to, like, throw out their basic ideas so that, like, the discussion could start, but um, they haven't really said much, or haven't really said anything. 
except that uh, they have something <coughs> that they will eventually talk about, but yeah, so. Um, yeah, Henry says, Lefinity.io seems to be on MetaMask's phishing list. I get an error message when I want to access it because I have MetaMask as an extension. Am I the only one? Yeah, you're not the only one. This has been like a long-standing problem. Um, I forgot the details because I haven't thought about this in a really long time, actually. <laughs> it doesn't come up too often, but if I remember correctly, there's like nothing we can do about it. I have no idea how the hell we ended up on their fishing list. That is so weird. <laughs> like, you can't even use MetaMask on our site. <laughs> how did this happen? Maybe uh, some, some, uh, <laughs> maybe some competing protocol uh, reported us. <laughs> um. Yeah, so actually, yeah, I'm gonna, I'll ask Luffy about that again. But as far as I can remember, there was nothing we could do about it. Yeah, I, I mean, thankfully, I haven't heard like people bring it up in a while. So yeah, and like I have MetaMask installed, but it doesn't give me that error. So I don't know why some people get it and some people don't. It's weird. All right. Let's see. See, we got some people on uh, Twitter spaces too. What's up, Cryptic? Good to see you. Um, if you guys have any questions, you can raise your hand. I can bring you on stage. Because it looks like we are out of questions on the Discord, at least. Let's see. Oh, we have a request. Who could it be? It is Cryptic. How's it going, Cryptic? Welcome. Hello, hello. Uh, are you muted? Oh, hey. Sure. Um... And the first one is there's going to be anybody from Lefinity at uh, Breakpoint. Um, I will not, unfortunately. Um, one of our team members might. Okay, cool, cool. All right, so uh, we can talk about that later then. And the second one is um, what's the kind of long-term plan for, for the validator that you guys are, are hosting? Yeah, so um, for those who don't know, the validator is something that the team members have been running um, even before Lefinity was started or conceived of. 
So it's basically just like their like side project, you might call it. Like they were um, interested in Solana. So, you know, they started running a validator type of thing. And then um, we only used it for Lifinity when we got the Marinade grant and started using the MNDE tokens to vote for the validator gauge. And all the um, rewards from that are then were then used to buy MNDE tokens. Um, so yeah, just compounding the stack and uh, yeah. So right now um, we're doing a vote for what to do with our MNDE tokens. Um, I, I believe the, val the validator will keep running regardless of the outcome of that vote. Um, but yeah, the amount of soul it has will, of course, depend on whether we, uh, the protocol will keep the MNDE tokens and continue voting for the validator gauge. Um, yeah, we just started that vote today, so you can read more about it on announcements for those who are interested. Um... But yeah, I don't know if that answers your question or if you like had something more specific in mind. Uh, no, I think that answered part of the question, I guess. Um, I always found it interesting when, when protocols are involved in the validator scene and and uh, glad to see that Lefinity is, is doing that too. And uh, from what I know, Marinade is increasing the, uh, the control and the liquid uh, in the validator gauges from 10 to 15%, I think. I think it's 15 or 20 yeah. So that means that the marinade token would uh, be able to move more, more states all to to a validator than than previously, obviously. So I was just curious, like if there was any thoughts related to that, perhaps specifically. Yeah, we definitely mentioned that in the vote. That yeah, the amount of um, soul controlled by uh, MNDE validator gauges. Is first increasing to 15%, which where it's at right now. And then if everything looks good, it'll be increased to 20% in a few weeks, I think. Um, so yeah, that obviously increases the value of MNDE. And um, yeah. Um, cool, cool. I'll, I'll, um, I gotta admit, I haven't uh, read the, that the current like ongoing proposal within the Lefinity DAO, so I'll I'll uh, spend some time doing that. Thanks for the update, man. Thank you. Sweet man, appreciate it. Thanks for yes. thanks for chiming in. Thanks for the questions. <laughs> um, let's see. Well, still no questions on the Discord. <laughs> well, um, shall, shall we call it? <laughs> or sh shall I wait for more questions? Um, I was trying to think if there's like anything noteworthy I should be talking about. 
Oh yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> can I drop some alpha? Um, <laughs> um, I don't know if there is any alpha to be dropped at this moment. Um, we did recently announce our partnership with LP Finance, so we'll be launching a pool for them on Monday. Um, I guess so. I think I mentioned this in the chats somewhere, but um, there has been this idea floating around, or <laughs> that's not the right term. Uh, there, there's a, uh, there's this idea that's been discussed between us and LP Finance, although briefly, about creating a MNDE derivative. So uh, it would be like, you know, something like VE MNDE or something. Um, like this is very early stages, no concrete details, blah, blah, blah. But you know, it, um, I'm thinking it would be something like what you have with convex and curve on Ethereum for those who are familiar. So basically in this, in this model, you would deposit your MNDE and then it would be locked permanently by, uh, some protocol. And then in exchange for that, you get this uh, VE MNDE and uh, I guess it's kind of like uh, liquid staking you could say so because it's locked the protocol does like all the voting for you um, and this is like especially valuable once there's bribing for example so the protocol can just like optimize all the bribing um, for you so like um, it, it generates all the revenue that you can with the MNDE and gives that back to you. Um, but at the same time, you have the liquidity of the tokens because you have VE MNDE um, contingent, of course, upon whatever liquidity that token has. <clears throat> There'd probably be like a VE MNDE MNDE market, kind of like uh, Lifinity X Lifinity. Um, yeah, so I mean, like, I haven't thought about this, like, super deeply. And uh, how it would work is probably, like, very dependent on how um, Marinade continues, continues to develop and, like, whatever functionality it will have. <clears throat> but, yeah, there's, a, there's an idea. <laughs> um... Hmm. Um. But yeah, I think uh, I think that is it. That is it from my side. So unless someone has something else, anyone have a question? How ironic that we've just now reached our peak audience state. <laughs> and that's probably your bad, Jay Sweats. Ye 
Hmm, it's possible. I mean, I do choose 10 p.m. to start usually because that seems like approximately when uh, there's like the most people online. <laughs> but it doesn't work for you? Yeah, I understand. This And this is why I uh, switched it, you know? It's good to switch it up sometimes. But, uh, yeah, I probably should revert to 10 p.m. here on after. Or if I'm going to switch it up, uh, maybe, like, switch it up more significantly. Like, uh, like, I've done it, like, eight hours ago sometimes. And that has a, like, totally different audience or live audience anyways. Different group of people who are online at that time, so... Yeah, it's good to switch it up. <clears throat> um, what did you miss, the honey badger? You missed everything. All the best alpha. <laughs> no, I kid. But uh, I was thinking of uh, ending because uh, we seem to be out of questions. Unless you had any questions, Mr. Honey Badger. <laughs> when mm, when indeed <laughs> when sell marinade well we'll have to see about the vote eh I genuinely have no idea what, how it's going to turn out. How many people usually vote? Um, it's pretty variable. I'd say it ranges between... Okay, so first of all, if we're talking about... Um, like... Votes for the main announcements channel and not the Flare Dow announcements channel, then I think it's ranged between... Uh, let's see... Like something between 150 and 350? I think it was like, I, I've never like recorded any numbers, so this could be like way off, but something like that. Yeah, here's the thing, right? Um, like, it's most common to do voting on chain, but the thing is like, there, there's like, there's a pros to doing it on chain. Uh, namely, people with more skin in the game get larger weight so it makes sense in that regard anyways but <clears throat> the downside is you get so much less participation um when it's on chain like i think there's a lot of people who are willing to click on an emoji 
but not willing to do an on-chain transaction. So yeah, I think doing votes in the Discord, even though it's not like perfect by any stretch of the imagination, it's still quite good for like really gauging how how the community thinks. Um and uh yeah, waiting by token token holdings is not the end all be all. Like sometimes it's better to um give give the community what most people want. Even if those most people in terms of the number of tokens they hold happens to be a minority. Um it can still be better just because it maintains like the the community. Like you, you, you keep the community happy. Um instead of like the few whales, for example. But anyways, yeah, I mean Discord not perfect either. <laughs> but I think it's worked pretty well so far, anyways. Um yeah, so Honey Badger says, seems like you want to keep it judging by the length of the post for that option. Oh yeah, obviously <laughs> obviously I am opinionated in that post. <clears throat> um also the third option does have the most nuance which is also why it's the longest um but yeah in my mind it does make the most sense to keep it for all the reasons i listed there but yeah uh nami salami says yeah very true but is it not possible to have like rules where you can associate rules to having higher weight yeah, that's probably possible. Um, so right now we're integrated with Matrica. And I think they do support that. Or maybe. Or they, they definitely have different rules. And then you could probably, I think you can do like voting on their site with, uh, with weights. But the problem is they only support NFTs right now. They don't support tokens. So... <clears throat> Yeah, we wouldn't be able to do like VE Lifinity voting, unfortunately. Yeah. Who gives the rules? Yeah, I think I think what they meant was like rules according to how many tokens you have or whatever. Um Automatic rules by Matrica based on number of Lefinity flares held. Damn, that's pretty considerate for holders of VE Lefinity. Uh, what do you mean, pretty considerate? You mean like... Uh... Oh, um... Are they able to vote without a flare? So no, if you're if you're voting on flare things, the people who can vote are limited to people with a flare role. So yeah, for flare DAO stuff, it's fully limited by uh like you need to have the flare role. So you need to have a flare. But for the the Lifinity DAO. Like the current vote on what to do with the MNDE, 
it's not um, rule restricted. So yeah, and that's like part of why it's not perfect, right? <laughs> but I also expect like, you know, the people voting are basically the people who care. So I'm not like super concerned about like that being co-opted in some way. Like I see governance on some other protocols and it just looks like governance theater. Like, <laughs> you know, in the end it's just it's it's just determined by the whales votes. Um and it just ends up with less participation and also less discussion. And uh yeah, so I think the way we're doing it right now works quite well. Um, all right, Nami Salami says, so what's next for Lefinity? Like you guys have this pretty awesome system of adding shit all the time in terms of pools and doing consistent good volume. All that we need as holders is time and we will get a good ROI. But are there any other plans of accelerating Lefinity beyond that? So <clears throat> there are. Um, one is going cross-chain. So one thing we're thinking about is uh, we're in touch with Nitro, which is, um, I forgot the exact term they use, but basically what they allow you to do is you, you, you can use your, your, uh, your code on Solana as it is and just port it over to Cosmos. Um, or in this case, SUI in particular. SUI is like a blockchain that's be being built on Cosmos. Actually, I'm not entirely sure if that's like perfectly accurate. If it's on Cosmos or uh, how do you say? It's uh, it's using the Cosmos SDK. It's, uh, I forget, I forget the exact, but anyways, like it's, uh, it works like Cosmos. So it'll be like, uh interoperable with all the other cosmos chains if that's the right term um but yeah so we would be able to use our code as is like no changes need to be made by using this nitro thing so this is like you know in like the previous bull run there was a bunch of like evm compatible chains where you could just use your ethereum code as it was on another chain, just deploy it over on this other chain and it works exactly the same. So it's gonna be similar to that, I think. <clears throat> so that's one thing. They're not live yet. Um, and then another one is uh, one team approached us about um, building Lifinity on Aptos. Uh, Aptos is another chain, also like kind of similar to Sui in terms of like speed and performance, like many similarities to Solana. 
um, but not on Cosmos. This is just like another L1. <clears throat> um, yeah, so that's another option. <laughs> yeah, who doesn't know Aptos after the past week? Yeah. Yeah, there was... <laughs> They they had a rough week, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah. So those are two options, and uh, it's a uh, like. Let's see. Well, Aptos just launched, so that is something we can start to think about. Um, another thing we need to deploy on another chain is we need a good oracle, um, ideally Pith. Um. And I think uh, they announced that they're going to be publishing on Aptos, at least. I forgot about Sui. But yeah, so if we have that, that would be a good first step. And then another thing is um, we probably want there to be other DEXs because um, we get good arbitrage volume from other DEXs. So it would be good for there to be other DEXs. <laughs> or like like volume period, you know? <laughs> like these chains, like they're very new chains. So there's going to be very little, if any, volume to start. So um yeah we, we'd like to be sure that it's worth it before we actually build it or like commission another group of builders to build it um, we actually applied for a aptos grant um because if that worked out then uh we could use the grant to commission this this team uh, which is actually the same people arbing rv2 for them to uh, build Lifinity on Aptos. Um, yeah, so that'd be cool if that worked out. But um, I heard getting a grant from Aptos is quite tough. <laughs> so don't hold your breath. Um, anyway, so yeah, so one thing we've been considering is going cross-chain. Um, Yeah, and there is something else we're thinking about, but I don't think I'm at liberty to talk about it yet. Uh, what about ETH? Yeah, so Ethereum, launching on Ethereum would be quite tricky. On the one hand, the good thing is that there's tons of volume there already. Um, on the other hand, the the really hard part is that Ethereum is really slow. Their block times are, I think, was it 13 seconds? And uh, that leaves a lot of room to get um, front run or arbitraged. So because of that higher risk, that means you have to widen your spreads. Um, you can't offer offer as um, as good a price because you have to account for that extra time in which price can move and you can uh, you can get destroyed. <laughs> yeah. 
by MEV. And so if you um, widen your spreads, that means you're going to get less volume. <clears throat> so yeah, it might be really difficult to get volume because like assets are very liquid on ETH, right? You have Uniswap and Curve and a bunch of other protocols with liquidity and it's very deep. And so you're competing with that. Uh, and at the same time, you have to widen your spreads just so you don't get picked off by um, arbitragers. So yeah, it's really hard. <laughs> um, I would assume it's not worth it. If it were to be worth it, it might be on like an L2 or something, possibly. Like Arbitron Optimism, one of the ZK stuff. Um, yeah, but I don't think it's... There's probably better options to look at than Ethereum. So, yeah. Uh, Henry says, we need to raise new liquidity for that now. Yeah, we, we would need to raise new liquidity for that. Um, yeah, and so yeah, it's a good thing we have a large treasury of Lifinity tokens to do that with. Um, spill the beans? I can't. <laughs> uh, so it wouldn't be as profitable? Um, yeah, I mean, like, not as profitable as on Solana, or I would guess. I think it would be quite difficult. Yeah. Uh, would Polygon be better? Yeah, Polygon would be better. Um, so yeah, like Polygon, it's probably possible. Um, yeah, probably still not like my first choice. Like I think Sui and Aptos make more sense just because like they're in terms of like speed, they are similar to Solana. So it's much easier for us to reason about um, like our protocol's parameters and what makes sense on those chains. But yeah, Polygon would have more liquidity at least, more volume. So there's that. I mean, Polygon is faster than Ethereum. So it's not the same. All the L2s or side chains like Polygon are faster than Ethereum, the base layer. So, yeah. So, yeah, many options for uh, deploying on other chains. And ideally, you know, we can do the the Nitro thing where we can just use our code as is because developing it from scratch um, is a huge undertaking. Uh, sometimes it'll mean we have to learn a new language. I don't remember if our devs have experience with Solidity. I don't think they have experience with Move, which is what um, Sui and Aptos use. 
So, you know, you, they need to learn a new language, potentially. Unless we're, like, outsourcing it. Um, and, you know, that takes a lot of time. Our devs full-time, yes. <laughs> then get those fuckers on it. I mean, uh, there's a lot to be done. And, uh, yeah, they're working as we speak, so... Yeah, it's just a matter of priorities. So much to do. <laughs> Even in a bear market, so much to do. But that's probably a good problem to have instead of not knowing what to do. You guys are making so much progress. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I would suggest you guys do the same thing D gods are doing with the uh, POW proof of work. <laughs> oh, like proof of work for. Um, actually, wait. You're not talking about their Ute list, are you? I haven't been keeping up with them. Proof of work. A transparent daily log of everything the D-Gods team works on. Oh, okay. Proof of their work. I see. Um, I mean, I guess we could. <laughs> but I don't know. Are people having doubts about us putting in the work? Like, one downside of this is that it takes extra work to create this. <laughs> And I mean, like, sometimes we uh, we do do this kind of, right? Like, I make announcements with some level of detail about, like, what we've been working on and stuff. And that takes work. Um, and then some of the things we actually don't want to talk about, as we've men mentioned before in a previous announcement, like, um, it's basically a matter of competitive advantage. Like... We would love to talk about it because, you know, we, we, we'd love to tell our community, like, everything we're doing to improve the market making. But then, uh, yeah, there's also the matter of, you know, if you do that, you're divulging all your secrets that then, like, anyone else who hasn't put the work in um, can just instantly use that for their advantage. So it's a tricky trade-off, kind of. Um, and yeah, we came to the conclusion at some point that uh, there's probably some things that are just not worth talking about. I mean, also because, you know, even if I do my best to explain it, probably like not everyone in the community understands it. Um, or even like is interested in like understanding, you know, the inner workings of how we price our assets. <laughs> like I assume like at the end of the day people just want to make money for the most part right that's like a lot of the people here so I I hate to be results oriented 
especially because I come from poker, where that's a very bad idea. <laughs> but um, yeah, basically we should we should be able to demonstrate it in the performance of our protocol, all else being equal, of course, because we can't control everything, like how much trading volume there is and stuff. But over time, we should see um, like us market making better, basically, being able to generate more revenue given the same amount of volume. Now, uh, let's see. Fair enough. It is more of a marketing gimmick. Yeah, assume like because. Uh, <laughs> Gods, I guess, what, did they admit that the royalties, getting rid of royalties was a mistake? If I have that right. Thought I saw a tweet along, they didn't. Oh, okay, never mind. I thought I saw a tweet along those lines. Um, Maybe they're referring to their utes then, not the royalties. <laughs> they keep saying that they removed it to initiate change. Yeah, I don't know, like, uh, I just don't, I've always felt, like, uh, unsure about PFP projects. Like, they just have to keep, keep, uh, keep the hype up, basically, is what it feels like. Um, if they're not, like, producing anything, if it's, like, fully community-based, like, how do you keep that up? How do, like, you have to keep people in that mindset of like, like, damn, I love being in this community. I'm never gonna let go type of thing, which is probably not easy. Um, you just have to keep doing new stuff. Um, so yeah, I assume like this is like one of those things that they're trying to do. Uh, anyways, this is how Frank combats that. Review multiple art generations, including latest traits, facial expressions, and fur colors. Update content and copy on Ute's landing page. Dust Labs meeting with Metaplex Fireblocks. Legal review of redacted enterprise contract. Implement claim fun. Yeah, okay. So I just like literally list out everything they've done. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I feel like if you put this out, this is like you know your community your community is like really not sure if they if you're just like slow rugging, it's like it's like <laughs> proof of not slow rug kind of what it feels like. <laughs> um I can think of one DeFi protocol that I would love to see this from. I will leave it unnamed because I don't want to get hate. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but yeah. DGod's trying really hard to get some source of revenue generating model with their software as a service business really i have no idea what they're doing yeah like eventually it just feels like you have to generate revenue it's like it's so hard to keep the hype up forever 
um yeah especially like when you have a limited set of pfps because then you can't even grow your community you know it's like you have i don't know whatever like 10k and then it's like if you if you're always adding new people to your community then like you know they are the hype kind of they can bring the hype it's like it's not reliant on the team but if you have like a limited number of pfps then like every time someone uh new joins that means someone else leaves so it's hard man it's tough but yeah you're right they have they have <laughs> they have kept the hype up <laughs> not easy but uh they've executed a lot um <laughs> all right uh does the lafinity team live together or is it all remote uh we don't live together no it is remote decentralized in reality <laughs> how old am i um please refer to the uh the vote we did on this our very first vote if i remember correctly yes the wisdom of the crowd was not bad suffice it to say <laughs> yeah it's pretty old but uh it's somewhere Actually, maybe I'll search for it. How old is Durden? Oh yeah, here we go. Just search for how old is Durden and uh, yeah, you could vote for teenager, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and 69. <laughs> and uh, the votes were concentrated in the 30s about same amount uh, between 20s and 40s, and then the rest were very few. Only four votes for 69. Sad. What's so unbelievable about me being 69? Jeez. Boomer. <laughs> All right, if Promino asks, other than pith support, what are the challenges and considerations before extending to other chains? For example, BSC or Aptos or SUI. Um, yeah, so I talked about some of them, like uh, how fast is the chain? So like how frequently can we get new Oracle updates on the price? Because the longer it is, the longer or the more time there is that you can get front run or arbitraged so that makes you widen your spreads which means you get less volume so basically faster chain um safer to narrow spreads more which means more volume so that's one um let's see i guess another one is like the liquidity like if we want to do pol on other chains then we're going to need to raise more funds and uh, we do have a mechanism to do that but yeah that will have to be done 
that'll take some time. It's not gonna like happen immediately, probably. Uh, unless there's like huge demand for Lefinity. Um, let's see. And then the amount of time it takes to develop the programs, um, if you need to develop it from scratch, like Solidity or Move, uh, our devs might might need to learn a new language from scratch. Um, and that can also involve like having to learn about the security model of the chain itself like how things work, because things don't all work like Solana, obviously. <clears throat> so yeah, could take a bunch of time to develop it as well. So yeah, those are some things. And uh, they follow up with, and has there been any discussion among the team regarding which chain would be best for DeFi? And presumably Lefinity. Um, I feel like this is impossible to predict seems like yeah mm, i mean like if we're talking about like reasoning from first principles i would say the faster the better um like finance at its core i think is basically trading and borrowing and uh borrowing Speed isn't like uber important, I think, but for trading, speed is just so important um, for the reasons I explained earlier, where if your chain is faster, it allows more frequent updates of the price you're offering. Might be easier to like think about this from um, the perspective of a market maker on a central limit order book, like where you're placing bids and asks. Like every time you place a bid, say you have to wait one minute until you can remove it. <laughs> that is like really scary because um like price can move a lot in a one minute so like you have to be very conservative with where you place your bid like you have to put it very low just in case like price if price moves a lot in that one minute and your order gets filled then like in essence, you just ate a ton of impermanent loss, right? So to be able to avoid that, it's really important to have speed. So if we're reasoning from first principles, it makes sense that like faster chains like Solana, Aptos, Sui um, are ideal. Um, and like, you know, if you've heard Anatoly talk about like the original vision for Solana, it's a uh, NASDAQ, NASDAQ, Dac at or no it's a blockchain at nasdaq speed was that it <laughs> something like that but basically like you know his his vision was basically based on like having uh like nasdaq on chain so and that's why you know he's he's built it for speed so and I mean, that's why, you know, Solana is the first chain with a central limit order book. It can only work on Solana or Solana was the first one <laughs> where it could actually work on. <clears throat> so, yeah. So I think, you know, Solana is pretty ideal. It's an ideal place for Lefinity to be. 
And then I think it'll also work pretty well on Aptos and Sui if they end up working as advertised. Um, talking about like their TPS and yeah, mainly that. But yeah. 34 year old Chinese farmer. <laughs> Good callback. If you know, you know what he's talking about. Parable of the Chinese farmer. Great parable. Life lesson. Maybe so. Uh, let's see. Bro sounds like 28. <laughs> A little too smart and calm to be younger. This, uh, this uh, age ana analysis is really great. I'll be waiting for the research report. <laughs> Um, but doesn't sound old as balls unless he laughs. Oh, so I la I sound like I'm 69 when I laugh. Hmm, maybe I should work on that. Is this my full-time job? Um, yes. I am not working any other job right now. I actually used to work a part-time, or I should say like a freelance job in addition to Lifinity. But I quit in uh, January. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, since then I've just been full-time Lifinity. It's been great. Uh, Sieg, Siege Man? Sieg Man says, would going to another chain be separate from Solana? That is Solana Lifinity um, and ethlifinity. Um, so will we have a separate token, I think is what you're asking. Um, I don't think so. Um, yeah, I don't think so. Because that makes things a lot more tricky. Because basically, like, if we make another token, basically, you know, we're, you could say, so we've been funded by the people who bought Lifinity tokens in the IDO, right? So basically, when we work, we're working for them. So if we go build something on another chain and then create new tokens um, and do, like, <laughs> just, like, hypothetical, but suppose, like, we did, like, a totally separate IDO, that would be really weird because we just spent a bunch of time building something else, even though we were funded by these people with the OG Lifinity tokens. Um, and now we're doing another idea for this other token. That'd be really weird. So I don't think that makes sense. Um, I guess another way to do that would be like we have another token, but then a large or yeah, like some some, there's like an allocation of those tokens to the people on who like have Lifinity on Solana. That sounds like it would be quite complex. Like, first of all, how do we choose the percent of the tokens that um, the Solana Lifinity holders should receive? And... Uh, yeah, like things get <laughs> really tricky, really hairy, really fast. 
So I think the simplest way would just to have one canonical token. Um, and then like, yeah, so you have, you have your like Lifinity Dex on Ethereum and it's generating revenue, but ultimately that revenue just goes back to VE Lifinity holders. And uh, honestly, probably wouldn't, I don't know if we'd even have VE Lifinity on Ethereum, for example. I guess, you know, the only reason to do that would be to like increase the accessibility to the Lifinity token so that like people on Ethereum who are, who don't want to touch Solana, I guess. <laughs> Just like enabling them to buy Lifinity, I guess. Um, but I'm not sure like that's that valuable because like if they're not willing to go to Solana and they know that we are originally a Solana DEX, like, will they really want to touch our token? <laughs> Seems kind of questionable. I mean, like, that's not the point of moving to another chain, right? The point of moving to another chain is to have the DEX on that chain and be able to earn revenue there. Like, that's the main purpose. So, yeah, having a secondary Lifinity token, I'm not sure what it accomplishes. Very complex, so probably not. Okay, a promino asks, regarding the <clears throat> new LPFi USDC pool, what's the background story prior to creating the pool? Do they approach us first? Yeah, so in this case, they approached us. They are in the middle of their IDO right now. Started like a few days ago, I think. And they're just looking for a constant product pool to launch on. Um... Oh yeah, and actually sounds like you're talking about this in your second part of your question. So you say, since it's a normal constant product pool, why would they want to provide liquidity for that pool with us instead of Radium or Orca? Um, I think, yeah, so I, I suggested to them, like when they were first like, or I was, I was asking them like, oh yeah, so what kind of pool are you looking to create? And you're like, just a constant product pool and i was like well you know you can do that permissionlessly on uh radium and uh i forgot if you can do it permissionlessly on orca but yeah so and uh so i'm not 100 sure why they chose us but um i'm kind of guessing that they like our ethos basically like uh like focus on prof profitability. Um, and also, so we might have other pools with them as well. Um, as you know, they are a synthetic assets protocol. So they'll be issuing like synthetic assets, like a Z soul, just like a, a, uh, sole denominated stablecoin. So yeah, there might be like pools for that on us. Uh, and they've been like asking questions about um, oracles and how they might use that for other pools. So yeah, 
And then uh, I mentioned earlier in this uh, AMA, but we've also talked briefly about um, creating a MNDE derivative. So yeah, there, there could be more coming from, from us, uh, this partnership that is in the future. I'll have to wait and see. But yeah, they approached us and then we had a bunch of discussion and uh, here we are. <laughs> um, not 100% clear why they chose us, but it's probably related to the fact that we use oracles and so they might want to use us for other pools in the future as well, is my take. <laughs> Uh, Nami Solami, what's the best way to invest in Lefinity? I just get flares and stake them. Yeah, that's a fine way to invest. Um, the other way is uh, to buy tokens. So we have the Lefinity token. Um, the main, so there's like a few differences. Let me just uh, type this command for you where it shows like a bunch of differences. Yeah. So yeah, there's flares and there's tokens. They have their unique differences. So um, yeah, I guess it, it just depends on like your preferences basically. Not sure there is a quote best way to invest, but yeah, these are the two main ways. So yeah. I hope that helps. No problem. Oh, I see white turtle Bill <laughs> typing. A wild white turtle has appeared. How was my Pokemon impression? Was it amazing? Uh... Last question, I have HM emission per day per flare. Is that a question? I don't follow. Uh, Promino asks, as stated in their white paper, LP Finance that is, LP Finance is planning to set up two additional pools with Lefinity, ZSOL MSOL and ZSOL UXD. Oh, wow, I had no idea we were in their white paper. <laughs> but yeah, there you go. <laughs> And they will allow the ZSOL MSOL LP token from Lefinity to be staked in their own platform. I see. Oh, yeah, yeah. They were asking about us about that. Whether our LP tokens are fungible or not. And yes, they are fungible. So they can be used for staking. Yes, I think that's the thing. Like, they wanted concentrated liquidity, but they wanted them to be fungible so that they can do, like, this staking thing. So I guess that's part of the reason why they chose us. Um, 
I assume most, if not all, of LP Finance's pools in Lafinity will be opened for the public. Yeah, it's up to them, but I assume they would be open. I'm not sure why they would want them closed. So yeah, I think they will be open. Okay, Nami Salami, last question I have. How much? Oh, HM is how much? <laughs> you boomer. <laughs> Ouch. Okay. Uh, how much emissions per day per flare? Um, yeah, so if you check on our flare staking site, um, you can find the links or the link in our links channel. Um, it shows the current staking rate annualized. So you can check that yourself. I'm not sure what it is. Last time I checked, it was 170 Lafinity um, per year. <clears throat> yeah, so about 0.5 Lafinity per day, which is like 20 cents per day per flare. So yeah, our uh, staking thing, <laughs> passive income, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I don't. I don't really think about it in those terms because like uh this is this is just our way of distributing the uh Lafinity tokens that we promised to flare holders. Um originally we we're gonna do airdrops, but kind of cumbersome. Um actually it's probably much better now that the chain's not as congested and stuff. But at the time it was like a shit show on chain. <laughs> So yeah, we decided to go with the staking method. So, but yeah, I mean, like people seem to think about it in terms of like APY, which in our case, I don't think makes much sense. Because um, one, it's only lasting for a year and two, it's just a way of distributing a promised amount of tokens over the course of a year. But uh, yeah. I mean, which is like, like like the APY, if you calculate it that way, like it's not high at all. Um, yeah, because that's not really its purpose anyways. Anyways. <clears throat> More like slow rug. J-sweats. All right, that's it. No more, no more uh, AMAs at 9 or whatever time it is for you, 9 p.m. <laughs> We're moving to 10 p.m. Uh, Nami Salami says, crazy how we only get 1% of the total, but makes sense because flares are separate. Yeah. Uh, one day, if you type our FUD command, you will come across the only 1% FUD. Classic. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> They're spamming the FUD command. But yeah, that was, there, that was a hot topic back in the day. People were like, you should increase the 1%. 1% is nothing. But, you know, flares did just fine. So I think 1% was fine. 
Uh, White Turtle Bill, I've had this idea in my head for some weeks. Curious on your thoughts. Essentially, the problem I see is that Web2 socials don't really allow for GIFs or video images to be used for PFPs, giving, giving Flare holders a hard time to try and use the current versions as their PFPs. Indeed, this sucks. In order to try and get more people actively wearing their flares as a PFP, I feel like there might be a path forward where we create a second variation of the art that users can then utilize as their PFPs. Uh-huh. Could be done in a similar fashion to Dead Gods, where FlareDAO could charge users to upgrade. I've got lots of ideas here as to how this could work, but the ultimate goal would be to get more people involved in the project and flexing their PFPs for others to see. Does this sound interesting to me? Yeah, that makes sense, I think. That makes sense. I can, I can picture in my mind dope derivative flare art. <laughs> um, like basically turn flares into like, like it would, I guess, I guess it would have like the aesthetic that's more similar to like these other PFPs. These like, uh, well, I guess it doesn't have to be, I was going to say like, with like bright colors and the like. <laughs> Um, hmm, yeah, so, yeah, one option, like you say, is pay to upgrade, huh, so, in this, so, I, I'm not familiar with it, so, like, in this other project you mentioned, uh, what was it, yeah, Dead Gods, like, uh, do you know what percent of the holders paid for the upgrade? And also, like, uh, let's see. So does, like, the upgrade retain all the traits? It's just a different look. Is it still generated algorithmically? Because they're not, like, doing them. They're not doing, like, one, one of ones for each one, right? Uh, while I wait for your answer, is there any planned utility for the anime girl you guys airdropped, everyone? Um, I paraphrase the, uh, the great Do Kwan, but, uh, motherfucker, the anime girl is the utility. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> uh so um no i guess if you mean anything other than having a a, a waifu i was actually really hype when uh we dropped that like people loved it I actually did have an idea for like utility for it. Um, but uh 
Yeah, I'm not sure how realistic or I don't know if I've fully thought it through. So it hasn't come to be, at least not yet, but um, yeah. The Promino, has the dashboard been updated with the Lifinity allocated to the team? So this will probably be updated as we release the tokens to the team. So I don't know if you were here when I talked about it earlier, but basically we're gonna distribute on a monthly basis. So we actually haven't like released any tokens yet, but yeah, that'll be added to the dashboard. Um, Nami Salami, yeah, retains the traits and then updates the look to the new trait. Got it. They're customizing some people's NFTs if the new traits don't go well together. Huh, okay. So it's not algorithmic then. I'm just thinking like if it's not algorithmic, sounds like an insane amount of work. I mean, I guess it depends on like how many people pay for the upgrade, but yeah. Did gods are the upgrade for D gods and you can swap between the two art images. Each trait has different upgrades. Huh. ID have to go, or I'd have to go look into how exactly they did it, but pretty sure it was more like current traits will turn into predetermined outcomes. Okay, so it is algorithmic. <laughs> it's real tricky. <laughs> uh, can I at least make her real in the metaverse? <laughs> and I quote, or a paraphrase, the great Dokon. Motherfucker, this is the metaverse. Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> um, what is the metaverse? Don't you hate it when like uh, they ask the podcast guest to define the metaverse? And you just like get this word salad. <laughs> it's the worst. Okay. I'm done with my ranting. Um, Nami Salami can't swap the NFT image yet on chain. Okay. Think most white turtle bills is think most of the holders have upgraded at this point because they were ad there were added benefits for buying the upgrade. We definitely want to flesh out flesh this out before doing any moves. Yeah, I mean it sounds like a significant undertaking i mean definitely cool in theory and definitely feasible depending on the details but yeah key question is probably like how do you generate the new images it is algorithmic okay thanks Uh, yeah, about 1,000 dust at the time, like two to three months of staking, 60% transitioned almost right away. Hmm. Okay, so it was like used as a way to burn dust. I see. You get three times the staking emissions. Okay, we can't do something like that. Probably, unless we created a new token. 
spark token. <laughs> uh, better looking art and bragging rights. Also, dead gods get future utility. That is Utes Mint and future drops. Mm-hmm. Uh, Promino says, when will be a good time for the bribe feature to launch? Is it a feature that's only suitable for a bull market? Yeah, so I think my view on the bribe feature has changed over time. Actually, I think I did talk about this before, but like, uh, so we launched our market making as a service and liquidity as a service. And I think, uh, <laughs> I mean, maybe kind of ironic saying this right now, given that Marinade and Lido have left us. But I don't think the bribing feature as described in the original <clears throat> um, tokenomics series is going to work well. So when I wrote that, I thought there would be much more... I, I, th I thought the liquidity would be able to... I thought um, our decks would be able to handle a lot more liquidity. And so I thought there would be a lot of demand um, to like take up that space or to fill the liquidity pools. Um, <clears throat> and it turns out <laughs> that actually we have a lot of undeployed USDC. So, yeah, so in the original article, the idea was we'd have a fixed amount of Lifinity tokens being sold um, for LP tokens, and then those LP tokens get added as protocol-owned liquidity. And because there's only a fixed amount, like protocols would compete for that liquidity to be added to our POL. But yeah, I guess like two issues. One is that we can't handle a shit ton of liquidity. And two, there are assets that we don't want exposure to. Like initially, you know, we just created pools and added liquidity for radium, serum, mango, FTT. Then we did the vote, and then uh, we got rid of those assets. I think mainly because we just didn't want exposure to them. And bribing would kind of go counter to that because it allows external parties to determine what gets added to our POL. And uh, yeah, I guess that works well in a bear, uh, bull market. <laughs> Um, like everything just goes up, so it's not an issue, but like at least in the current market environment, I guess like, yeah, it's not good because we don't want exposure to certain tokens and also other protocols are, um, becoming much more, uh, what's the phrase tight with their wallet. It's probably not the right phrase, but I think you know what I mean. Um, they're much less willing to spend. And so I'm not confident that they would actually bribe for us to add liquidity to their pools. 
So yeah, I, I was thinking like liquidity as a service and market making as a service, like those basically worked better than bribing. Um, and I still think so. It's just that. <laughs> um, I guess one issue with the last and mass is that like once the Oracle gets built, and once we provide the liquidity, then uh, the partner protocols can just stop paying. And uh, yeah, and then we just stopped receiving rewards. So yeah, ha, uh, no perfect solution. Um, let's see. So when all the POL has been fully deployed, which would you choose first? A, launch the bribe feature, or B, sell VE Lefinity for more POL? Um, yeah, so if we deploy all the um, undeployed USDC, and then we could still handle more liquidity, I would probably go for B. Um, I guess both are within the confines of our original tokenomics plan. But yeah, I think the pools that we're going to want liquidity for, well, actually, I don't know. Like, so the bribing, I think it only works well if there's competition between protocols to control where our liquidity goes. But yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't think we're going to have enough pools to be able to like create the competition. We're not going to be able to have enough pools plus have sufficiently constrained liquidity for that to happen so that's why like instead of a competitive model like bribing a um case-by-case -case partnership model which is basically what liquidity as a service and market making as a service is i think that works much better Um, yeah, even if it ends up being that, like, we only get rewards for a short while, even then it's still better than bribing. I'm just not confident that, like, the bribing would actually take off. Uh, let's see. Nami Salami says, yeah, burn as in reclaim the dust to put back in the mining pool. Sure. White Turtle Bill, yeah, certainly sounds like a big task, but could be very cool for holders. I'll start a gov thread and maybe we can see where this leads. Cool. Uh, White Turtle Bill, interesting way of thinking of this. Could pay in Lefinity and then extend Lefinity staking only to upgraded flares. Uh, where does the Lefinity come from, though? Uh, 
continuing, can you avoid this? Partner is not paying by establishing a pay stream that automates this feature with other projects. Um, I mean, sort of, but only as long as the stream continues or like however they, however much they put in at the start. So I mean, like if they put 10 years worth in at the start and you make the stream like a unstoppable stream, then sure that would work. But I mean, like who's going to do that, you know? They're probably just going to replen replenish it on a monthly basis or something, I would assume. Uh, are we still just too early in the ecosystem for this step? Seems like in any other business, this arrangement would have a contract. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's part of the downside of this decentralized world. Um, well, I guess that's not true. Like, it, it would be, yeah, actually, it would be trivially easy to create a contract, namely a smart contract. <laughs> um, like you say, just like have them pay in the stream. I think it. the difficulty is not in the enforcing part. It's in the part of getting them to agree for like a, a long-term payment stream at the very start. Like they're probably going to be inclined to like renegotiate on a, a relatively short-term basis, like on a monthly or bi-monthly or something, or like they, they just want like times to be able to like rethink it basically. <clears throat> uh, Cryptic says a take on contracts can be done with Snowflake, Streamflow or any of the others. Best approach in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, so the enforcement part, for sure, like, those protocols work great for that. Streaming is cool. <coughs> it's just the uh, getting the, the uh, relevant parties to agree on the long-term part. That's the hard part. Uh, Nami Salami, I agree this could definitely be a thing if the team runs out of Lifinity, but the thing is we only have access to 1% of it, so it wouldn't make much sense. Right, yeah, the, uh, if you wanted to continue the, or extend the Lifinity staking only to upgraded flares, yeah, where would the Lifinity come from? Actually, so I have thought about the idea of just creating a new token like many NFTs have, so say like we create a Spark token or fire token, call it whatever. And then, you know, the question obviously becomes, okay, what utility does this token have? And uh, there are various ideas for that. For example, um, you could create like some form of lottery. So like right now, FlareDAO has some revenue from holding the Elefinity. So then, like, suppose we put all of that into a lottery, and then you have these tokens, and then uh, these fire tokens, and uh, the, your chances of winning a lottery are proportional to how many fire you have. <clears throat> so there's, like, two major strategies you could do. One is to just sell your tokens to other people. This way you get a fixed reward. Um or a small, I should say, small reward, but it's uh, definite. You'll never get nothing. You'll at least get something. And the other strategy is to 
enter the lottery. Uh, so most of the time you'll get nothing, but sometimes you might get a large payout. Um, and so there's this uh, there's this uh, difference in like risk preference, I guess, where people who are more risk averse will just sell their tokens, and the risk seeking people will buy those tokens. Um, at a discount to their expected value. Um, and then there's also the question of like, what's the best timing to enter the lottery? Like uh, you basically wanna enter lotteries when there are very few people entering them. So, you know, like just theory, but like wait for everyone to use all their fire tokens, then, but you're saving yours and then wait for the next lottery and now you have a lot of tokens while everyone has very few. So you have a relatively higher chance of winning compared to if you had participated in the previous one. So there's also a game theory on that level too, on like the timing of using your tokens for the lottery. Anyways, that's just like one <laughs> super random idea. But anyways, uh, yeah, it could be tricky to continue the Lefinity, the, the staking for Lefinity rewards. But if you like switch it to another token and then give that token some other utility then uh it could be continued <clears throat> uh white turtle bill says lefinity for the new extended staking would have to come out of the funds paid to flare dow i assume you mean like the ve lefinity funds that we have uh, say you charge 250 Lefinity per upgrade. Oh, I see. And then put 100 per flare into the staking pool. Yeah, that could work. But also, it would be a limited time thing. And if, I mean, if, if, that, if that's the goal, then that's fine, of course. Um, yeah, that would be able to extend it by another year, I guess. Yeah. Utility token of our own has been on my mind as well. I think it's a super useful tool that FlareDAO has in its tool belt. Yeah. Yeah, definitely an option and it's very flexible. Yeah, just a question of the utility because yeah, ultimately it always does come down to that. Where does the demand for the token come from? <laughs> Else it's just a endless sell fest down only token price super cool stuff looks like i've got my next pet project there he goes again <laughs> nice let's see Promino's typing. I think we will uh, end this AMA soon. But uh, 
All right. Depromino asks, is the DNMM or the uh, Delta Neutral Market Maker launch 100% dependent to Jupiter integration? Or could we just launch a DNMM pool on our own decks? So I talked about this a little bit earlier, but we have launched a sole USDC V2 pool. I think it has about 200K of liquidity. And then we have a team of arbitragers who are arbitraging against that pool. We're basically testing it in the wild and uh, fine tuning its parameters because it works differently than V1. <clears throat> so yeah, so for people who know how to interact with Lifinity's decks programmatically, um, they can access it. It's just that we don't have a front end for accessing it because our front end is a Jupyter integration. So yeah, for like retail traders to access it, we will need Jupyter. But in the meantime, we can open it up to arbitragers. <laughs> All right, well, I, I hear crickets. So I think I'm going to call it. Also, my throat is dying. <clears throat> um, yeah, a lot of people today, which was great. And uh, Nami Salami, I think uh, you're new, or at least uh, I don't think I've ever seen you type so much. Um, Siegman. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but yeah, haven't seen you around either, so good to see you. And of course, all the regulars. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks everyone for your questions. It's been great. And uh, yeah, I will, I will see you in the chats. Until next time. Peace.